Hello, everybody. Happy Sunday. We're going to be talking about one of the avatars that I think is the best avatar. And if I could go back in time, this is the avatar that I would have done from the very beginning. It's the most slept on, most underestimated, most underutilized avatar ever, which is work for someone else. Okay. When people say, how do I get started in real estate? They're saying, how do I be an entrepreneur? How do I own everything? How do I, okay, well, if you want to be an entrepreneur and you want to get into real estate, you also have the one that has all the risk. You have all the expenses, right? And then you have to go and learn all the skills with no income for a while. Well, guess what? When you go work underneath an entrepreneur, you get rid of the risk that goes away. You get rid of the expenses that goes away. You get to learn, but more importantly, you actually get to learn while earning a check. Okay. Sometimes you're on payroll. All right. So a couple of things, right? We had uh, Jasper on here a couple of weeks ago, Jasper's son. He works for one of the members and leaders in our community, Dan Quijano, Dan Q. And he just got a $47,000 assignment working on Dan Q's team. Okay. So when you're on somebody's team, you get to work their leads. You get to mess around and screw up in their systems. You get one-on-one -on -one essentially coaching from somebody who you're working for that's going to listen to your calls, uh, give you call calibrations. Hey, you did a good job here, but you didn't do a good job there, et cetera. Now, did Jasper son make $47,000 when he got a contract that Dan Q ended up selling for $47,000? The answer is like, uh, no, of course not. Dan Q has got expenses. He had to buy the leads. He had to buy systems and processes. He had to pay a commission here. He had to pay a commission over to the Dispo team. Even Dan didn't make $47,000, right? That's just income into the business that gets diced up a hundred different ways, okay? Another way you can do this, so think about this. The first person I would say you could go work for is a direct-to-seller avatar. That would be Dan Q. You could go work for a um, direct-to-agent avatar, DTA. That would be somebody like... Um, Jonah Corchin. Now, Dan, how many Dan Qs are there out there? There's only one. But how many people are doing direct to seller? In just in the sub two community, we probably have a good 2,000 people in the sub two community that are doing direct to seller, which means they're, generate, they're generating leads by calling, texting, reaching out to sellers directly. Jonah Corchin, how many Jonah Corchins are there? Well, there's only one. But how many people are doing direct-to-agent inside of our community is probably a good two to 3,000. I would say more people are doing direct-to-agent right now. And the reason for that is that the cost for leads can be free. A lot of the leads can be free. All right. Now, when I say go work for somebody like Jasperson is, that means go work for a direct-to-seller avatar, somebody like Dan Q, direct-to-agent avatar like Jonah Corchin. Third person you could go work for, okay, is a transaction coordinator, okay? While a transaction coordinator is also 
a, an avatar by itself in the entrepreneur spirit, meaning that they'll own their own transaction coordination business. Similar to my company, we have a company called Top Tier Transactions. Okay. And Molly is at the top of that. And we have Allison who runs the team. And we have four girls currently that are running transactions. We do so many transactions. We have to have essentially five people doing transaction coordination full-time. So you can come in and work for somebody like this. Okay. Now think about this. You can make on salary. This is a, typically a salary position. You want to learn real estate? You want to get your hands on actual transactions? You want to learn uh, what buyers do with properties, who the buyers are, who the lenders are? You, as the transaction coordinator, get to see every little thing, okay? Every little thing. So you can be on salary here. I can say that a starting salary for this is probably forty to 60000 And when you get really good, you can probably make about hundred k a year being a transaction coordinator when you're a badass. Now, when you're a transaction coordinator and you're the entrepreneur, you could probably make about $300,000 a year or more and acquire real estate in the process. That's a whole other training by itself. But you can go and work as this avatar, the work for someone avatar. You don't have to just go work for a direct-to-seller avatar like Dan Q or Jonah Korchin. Okay, You can also work for a transaction coordinator such as, let's say, Love Francis. Okay, I'm sure Love Francis probably has people that work underneath her or Ashley. She's awesome. Okay. Or even my team, Allison. Okay, if you guys are ever like, Hey, I'm, a, I think I could be a really great transaction coordinator. Email Allison at uh, pacemorby.com. A-L-L-I-S-O-N at pacemorby.com. And that's her email address. You guys can potentially apply and maybe come and get started on salary and touch actual transactions. You're going to touch cash transactions. You're going to touch creative transactions. You're going to touch single family homes, multifamily homes. Today, we got a, um, a big storage facility under contract. You'll touch uh, new builds. Okay, We're building a storage facility. It's the first time I've done that in probably eight years. Okay, So you can go work for them. You can also work for a gator. Okay, I see a lot of gators right now that are crushing it and are saying, I need, I need members on my team. I have so many opportunities. Okay. You can be, you can go and work underneath a gator. Okay. You probably get paid commissions here. Again, very similar to what's going on with the working for a transaction coordinator. You get paid probably on commissions there, but transaction coordinators are going to give you a salary and you're going to be able to learn everything, cash, creative, single family, multifamily, storage units, RV parks. You're going to see all the paperwork, all the things, okay? Uh, Myron Briley says, where is the storage unit? It's in Florida. We just bought a big piece of dirt and we're going to go build on it. It'll take uh, 52 weeks to build that. So it'll take a year. All right. So there you go. Monica Hawkins, she says, Pace, how do you spell Allison? I did put it on the screen. It's right here. A-L-L-I-S-O-N. Allison, two L's. Okay. Now, you can do that. You can work for a lot of the um, avatars. Okay. You can work for a lot of the avatars. Um, so, 
Let's see, what are the avatars you couldn't work for? Let me think about that, because there's a lot of avatars, and I think you could technically just, you could probably work for all of them. But I think that some of them are going to be a little less likely to let you work for them. JS says, why do you say that TCs know the most about real estate? Um, because they do. JS, why is the sky blue? It, it's facts. Okay. Facts. Transaction coordinators touch every step of the transaction. They talk to the sellers. They talk to the buyers. They talk to the title company. They talk to the lenders. They talk to the trustee. They talk to the, um, the loss mitigation department. They talk to the hard money lenders, the private money lenders. They work with the county. They literally see everything. Okay. Everything. Cinda uh, Brett Murphy says, I'm new. What's an avatar in this context? If you're new, go to my YouTube channel and type in Pace Morby Avatar. We break down all the avatars. So when people are asking, how do I get started in real estate? You really need to know your avatar. Okay. So again, if you're I think if you're going to work for somebody, I think a lot of women, this is a really good job for women. If you, you're like, hey, I'm a woman. Why? Why Is this a better job for women? Because women care more than men. I'm sorry, but they do. Women care more than men. It is in their nature. Lee Felder says, the TC is an investor who has proven that they understand the entire business model and systems and processes. That is actually... Maybe true for some of them, but uh, a transaction coordinator is the somebody is the person who actually handles the transaction. What's an idiot investor gets it under contract. Okay. I'm an idiot investor. I'm one of those idiot investors. When I get a, a house, here's a seller and they live in the house and I work out a contract with them. Here's my contract, this piece of paper. My transaction coordinator is actually the one that fills out the paperwork at this, at this point. My transaction coordinator is also the person that communicates with the title company. My transaction coordinator is the person that works with my buyer and make sure the buyer puts their money at escrow. My transaction coordinator is the person that's calling the, the seller and making sure that they're aware of what's going on with the transaction. And they're communicating with all of these parties, the title company probably 10 to 20 times, the buyer probably 10 to 20 times. They're also communicating with the banks. If there's a bank involved, they're communicating with the appraiser sometimes. They communicate with all people in the process, but they are not necessarily a, an investor themselves. They're providing a service to the investor here, to the wholesaler here, and to the seller here, and to the title company here. They are a service provider. They are not an investor, okay? Does that make sense? Um, some of the men are like, yeah, I guess there's no need of me reaching out to um, Allison. Yeah, probably. You can get your feelings hurt or you can go and find somebody else to work for. I will never hire a man in that position. I, women just care more. Am I sexist? No, I'm just, I know the stats. Okay. And the, um, there you go. Monica Hawkins says, I used to be a processor or there used to be a pro, it used to be, pro, there used to be processors. I used to own my own mortgage company, work from home in Ohio so I can fit the position. There you go. Okay. So. Um, yes, that is correct. If you are the TC, they are not doing your paperwork. Pace's TCs do hit my paperwork. Yes, they work for me full time. So um, yes, 
Typically, this is a female in this position. Does it mean all of them are? No. Okay. Zach Pate says, I did my first two deals with no transaction coordinator. I will never do that again. They make the process flow so much smoother. Thank you for saying that, Zach Pate. Okay. A good transaction coordinator makes your transaction work way more smooth. They're the glue between all of the pieces. Okay. Kim Watson says, I used to be a mortgage loan processor for eight years. Kim, you would crush it as a transaction coordinator, like absolutely crush it as a transaction coordinator. Okay. So um, it's a different type of personality that would, would go and do that. Okay. So um, same thing, Gator. Here's a couple of other people that you can go work for. So Gator would be the fourth person you could go work for. Here's some that are not avatars. You could actually go and work for a title or escrow office or a um, closing, oops, sorry. You could go work for a closing attorney. Okay, these are essentially the same things, just different state. Like Arizona does title and escrow. Uh, Georgia does closing attorney. Same thing with North and South Carolina. Okay, so depending on what state you're in, but you could go and work for them and you can be on salary. Think about working in a title and escrow office. Same thing, right? You get to know all the sellers. So you see what's going on with the sellers and you then get to see all the buyers. You get to see all the wholesalers. You get to see all the hard money lenders in town. You get to see all the hedge funds. Okay, the problem here, again, going back to this avatar as itself, the biggest problem with this avatar is somebody's ego right here, is that they have a hard time saying, wow, I guess I'm going to have to work for somebody for a while. I really want to be an entrepreneur. And so a lot of people shy away from this avatar when they really should be running towards it. Okay. So uh, number five, title and escrow. Number six, you could go work for an appraiser. Okay. Think about what you would learn from working at an appraiser's office. You would actually learn how to comp properties professionally. You would be a professional a pro at comping and underwriting properties. Okay. Seven, you could go work for a home warranty company. Eight, you could actually go and learn uh, work as uh, underneath a mortgage officer. Now, here's what I don't like about this one. Okay. People that work underneath mortgage officers actually don't really learn a lot about real estate. Okay, as far as investments are concerned, okay, they're not actually running the transaction; they're just ob obtaining the money. Okay, and while that's a, there's a lot to learn there, you don't walk away from working as a mortgage officer. I was a mortgage officer for two years, a top performer here in Arizona, and I learned about zero percent of what I learned there is what I use today. I use very little, if anything. Okay. There you go. Sadie says, I may need to run that way. This fix and flip investment is killing my pockets. I would say, Sadie, the biggest reason why you uh, are getting your butt kicked on fix and flips is one, if not all of these. One, you bought it wrong. You didn't know how to comp it. Okay. Two, the market turned on you, which happened to me uh, last year on five properties. I just had to refinance them and keep them. I ended up bur burring them, even though I hate the burr. I did use the bird to save my deals. Um, or you're having contractor issues. And those contractor issues could be both you or the contractor. A, um, you keep changing things. 
everybody says they don't, but they do. I was a contractor for 10 years and I've never had a client not change something ever once. B, the contract, you, you paid the contractor too much, too fast. Okay. Paid him too much, too fast. And he's got your money. So now you're begging him to come back to the job. Another reason why you could be getting your butt kicked is permits and delays. Um, your estimate that your contractor gave you either was not complete or you chose the cheapest contractor, which is never a good idea. Why do I hate the burr? Facebook user. I hate the burr because I use creative finance. Okay. Um, Sadie says 3B, paid too much too fast. There you go. Oh, very, very common thing that a lot of people do. Uh, a lot of people had the market turned on them. Uh, Sasha says, what about working in procurement? I know what procurement means, but I don't know in what context. Okay. Um, I worked as an, uh, Wesley says, I worked as under a mortgage officer for a few years and yeah, didn't learn too much about investing. Now you do get in, if you go, um, and here's where I, I would work. Okay. I would not work for a mortgage officer. So I'm going to take that off. Here's what I would do. I would go work for a hard money lender. Okay. Way better way to go, right? Because their focus is investors. And so you're going to get to know buyers. You're going to get to know um, how to run comps. You're going to get to know how to lend money out and why you would lend money on a deal. Like a lot of people buy, buy deals wrong and hard money lenders. If you work for a hard money lender, you get to learn where people bought things wrong. All right. Now, um, another person I would work for, number nine. Okay. I would work for a private equity group. Okay. There are a lot of these, you don't know them, or you could even work for a private money lender, okay? Looking out for opportunities, checking in on their projects, et cetera. This is probably a smaller opportunity, meaning there's not as many of these jobs, but hard money lenders, if you want to go work for a hard money lender, throw a rock and you'll hit like five hard money lenders offices. So very, very common, okay? Very, very common. Um, uh, how do you know what is a good payment plan for contractors? That's a good question. I, you know what I should do? Oh, interesting. I like how you use Rod Carver says procurement equals acquisitions. That would be the first time anybody has ever used procurement in the, in the term of acquisitions in this industry, but I totally get that. Um, I will, you know, I'll do a whole YouTube video on how to pay your contractor properly. How about that? I'll bring my bookkeeper in. And I'll do like a sub two zoom or something like that. And I'll, I'll break that down. Pace, how, who would you work for to go learn how to raise private money? Um, I would just work, I would just join sub two and then I would just raise money inside of sub two. People that teach how to raise private capital don't have access to sub two. I mean, once you, once you're in the sub two community, raising private capital basically is, a, it's like the easiest cheat code ever. Um, but who would you go work for? That's a great question. This, this leads me into my next one. Okay. You could go work for a multifamily fund. Okay. So, um, for example, our multifamily fund is called sub two fund. Okay. Sub two students. You guys saw my multifamily operator, Ted head come in. We have five employees here. Okay. We have, um, director of acquisitions, We have asset manager, Jamie, 
and we have investor relations times two. Next week, we'll have director acquisitions times two. And in about a month, I'll have a, two asset managers. So I'll have six total employees plus one head of operations. Okay. Seven employees in that fund. And it's a brand new fund. Okay. So think about this. If you go to Brandon Turner has a really great fund. You go open door capital. Okay. Open door capital. So funny. People are running advertising on his name. That's so great. I love that. Let's go to his website and you will see that he has a lot of people that work for him. Check out his team. He has a big team. Brian Murray, really smart guy. Walker Meadows, chief operating officer. Look at all these smart people. Ryan Murdoch, awesome guy. Jay Park. Okay, I know some of these people. And they actually have a, a lot more people than this. I, last time I checked, he has about 15 people. Okay, so look at these, these positions, right? Vice president of property management, that's asset management. Uh, senior vice president of investments, okay, that's asset management. Uh, vice president of investor relations. Who's not the vice president? Because it seems like everybody's the vice president. So what I'm seeing here is that you've got all these big names and big monikers and big titles, but that means that there's people underneath them. Maybe we click on their bio and we get more people and they say, here's, okay. So there's a lot more information about the individual, but I can tell you that if there's a vice president of corporate finance and administration, that means he probably has five to six people that answer to him. Okay. So there you go. There's the answer. You want to go learn how to raise capital, go and work in investor relations for a big fund. Okay. There you go. There's the answer. So it depends. And when I see people trying to get into real estate and their biggest deterrent is their J-O-B. Oh, Pace, I work on nine to five. I'm like, woe is you. Oh my gosh. Wow. Your, your job is so hard. It keeps you from your, your, real passion of real estate. Okay. Well, if that's a, if that's what you believe is a good excuse, which it's not, um, by the way, when you're an entrepreneur, your job, you're, you're usually like a five to nine type of person. Okay. You will work three hours more in the morning and three hours extra at nighttime for probably the first four to six years before you figure out, um, really solid, good people to put on your team that can take those, maybe the first three hours out. And then in about eight years in, you take the other three hours. And then after about six years of being an entrepreneur, you can then go back to a nine to five. Okay. So that is not a good excuse. Okay. Not a, a good excuse. But if having a job is your excuse and you say, Pace, well, man, it sounds so easy for you because you say all these words on YouTube and whatever else. Well, guys, here's the reality. I've had jobs too. Okay, I've worked at GoDaddy. I've worked at donut packing spots. I, um, you know, worked in manufacturing for a long time. Worked with my hands. I was a contractor for other people for a long time. I get it. It's tiring. But how did I build my business? I had my construction company, which was a lot of work, and then I did wholesaling and in acquisitions and rentals simultaneously for three years back to back. I did not quit my job to quote unquote focus on real estate. I had a job, I kept it, and I focused on real estate. 
And people say, well, I want balance. Okay, well, good luck with that. I hope you, I hope you obtain that somehow, some way. But if you do say that my J-O-B is keeping me from getting into real estate, then why not utilize working for a multifamily fund, right? We are hiring at Sub2 Fund. Uh, you could go work for a private money lender, probably a smaller opportunity. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even really think about doing that. I do like the thought of working for a hard money lender. This is very, very common. Okay. Very, these hard money lenders are everywhere. Home warranty company. That'd be pretty good. Appraiser. That'd be pretty good. You would be a freaking pro. Do you know why Jamil is really good at appraising is because he worked as an appraiser for a while. Okay. You could, uh, this is probably my, one of my favorite ones, title escrow, closing attorneys. These girls that work in title and escrow companies, they may make 80 to probably $140,000 a year. And you know, everybody, you know, all the buyers, you know, all the sellers, you know, all the lenders, you know, all the people. Okay. Transaction coordinator. We already covered that. I love that one. Gator. This one I'm seeing. So and now that the Gator tribe is growing, what I'm seeing is a lot of people that are saying, I need people to work for me and be on my acquisitions team. Um, this is probably working for transaction coordinators. We covered that. These are the, this is probably like the easiest one to get into because so many of these direct to seller avatars are sitting here going, oh my gosh, I need people on my acquisitions team. I need dispositions. I need all sorts of things. Okay. Uh, Carly Grumman says, what about a traveling notary? I don't think you would want to do that. I don't know that you're going to learn a lot because here's, here's the truth of a traveling notary. My notaries, when I ask them about like, what's this document, explain it to me, the notary can't do that. They do not actually learn anything, nor do they need to learn anything about real estate in order to um, do their job. All they need to know is where I'm supposed to sign and how to file it properly. So I would not try and become a mo mobile notary unless you're trying to network. I do wonder why my transaction coordinator, I'm sorry, my notaries that come over to my house don't sit there and go, how did you buy this deal? How did you do this? How did you do that? Because I would tell them. Maybe they've been in the business so long and they're like, okay, I got another appointment in 15 minutes. I got to make my money. I got to be super efficient. I can't take my time chatting up pace and talking about all that kind of stuff. Okay. So um, I would say stay away from that. Angelique Jackson, good to see you. Okay. Um, Samir says, Hey, working with Privy and trying to come up with a good search for sub two deals, any filters you suggest? Um, yeah, a bunch. Um, is Angie here tonight? Maybe Angie Milanazzo, maybe, uh, probably she comes in, uh, get creative all the time. Maj says mobile notaries, no more than agents. Yeah, I would say most of them. Yeah. Um, Pace, what mastermind do you recommend? I want to find one where I'm the dumbest person in the room. Um, Christian Hernandez, I got it out of all masterminds because I realized that they're all trying to solve the same problem, dude. Like all the real estate masterminds are like, how do I generate more leads? How do I do this? How do I do that? It's like all technical stuff. And I'm like, I don't want that. I want to learn how to buy more businesses, scale more businesses. The only mastermind that I'm currently in is my own, the sub two mastermind. And then I'm now in um, a really high level mastermind that's like $100,000 a year. And that mastermind, um, you cannot get into unless you're generating $5 million a year or more in your business. Um, Carly says she got so much out of the sub two mastermind, so much. 
so much. Um, she'll be, uh, yeah, you will be back again. Pace, here's my mindset. I want a job that helps me focus more than focus more time on building my real estate presence instead of taking my presence away from the industry. So why not get into a real estate focused job? Yeah. I mean, that's literally what I'm saying for the last 29 minutes. Um, Pace, can you ex please explain the, the difference between an entrepreneur and a business owner? Sure. Um, an entrepreneur is somebody who sets out to create businesses and owns those businesses, but also those businesses own them. That's an entrepreneur. A business owner is somebody who either A, builds a company from scratch and builds systems and processes so the employees, the team members, et cetera, do not rely on them for that business to run. That means that you own that business. That business does not own you. Or B, they buy existing businesses and, play, and replace operators that are not doing a great job. And they're basically playing ch modern chess, right? They're moving players around, but they never step foot in that business. That is a business owner. Um, I am a business owner of some of my businesses, and I'm an entrepreneur in other businesses that I'm trying to get out of, Okay. It is a requirement for you to learn how to delegate and put the right people in place so that you can step away from that business and own that business, okay? Uh, family and friends are on to me about college and get a job thing. Yeah, have fun. Stop hanging out with them. There you go. When you burr, even though, even though you hate it, do you obtain DSCR or do you go through banks and obtain traditional investment loans? Um, I use a company called myinvestorloan.com. And they give me DSCR loans. We also are currently working with a credit union um, here local to Arizona. Chase is horrible. Bank of America is horrible. Um, but our credit union is pretty awesome. And they actually have their own money. They're not using somebody else's money to lend money. So they give us money directly. Okay. Jake and Angel. We just sold our Airbnb cleaning business. We want to get into real estate with Pace and build wealth fast. What is the best route for us? Jake and Angel. Go and watch my avatar series on YouTube. It's a four-hour video. takes a while. Go type in Pace Morby avatar, and it will answer that question for you. Okay? If you have like millions of dollars, just invest in somebody else's real estate business and get passive income. If you have just a little bit of money, then you probably need to learn how to acquire and find deals on your own. Okay? Julie says, shoot, I can't go to this next one. No problem, Julie. I'll be in Boise on June... 6th, 7th, 8th, and 9th. And I hope that you can zip down to Boise and hang out with me. Maybe we can go to lunch and hang out, or maybe I can go up to um, where you are. Okay. I have the chance to work for a sub two stud as a cold collar, but you've said some people are not made for that. And I might not be continued on to the next. And I'm worried of making little to nothing because of my financial situation between that and working for a TC. What would you recommend? I would work for a TC. If you're worried about making money right now, I would go work for a TC that actually has files coming through. If you're saying I have to go, I'm brand new and I have to cold call, by the way, JS, J.S. If you're going to go work for somebody, I would not go work for a direct to seller or direct to agent person that doesn't already have leads coming in. Okay. Pay attention to this. Great question. Really great question. Let's say this is Pace right here. Okay, if you have cold callers 
that are American, you will fail. I'm going to say that one more time. If you have cold callers that are American, you will fail. Why? A um, couple of things. I think that if you even ask the question, I think that you're dumb personally, that you would even ask the question of why. Um, because do you not all already understand that we have an, empl um, an employment issue here in America? Nobody can find great employees. They don't exist anymore. It's like one in a million. Okay. You're going to find one in a million. I found the only 17 amazing people on the planet that actually run my, my teams. You guys, there's nobody left. I took them all. Okay. They're gone. Okay. That's a, there's an employee crisis. You guys do this. You guys go to, uh, anybody been to Starbucks and your Starbucks is like, um, sorry, we're closed early today because we have a lack of employees or other restaurants or whatever it is. This happens all the time. So if you even ask me the question of, we have a failure in the United States and why do I not think that you should have cold colors from the United States, then you are living under a rock. And the question should be, why do you, why are you living under a rock? That's the better question, okay? Um, B, Americans don't want to work for you. Okay. They want to work for themselves because that's our culture now. Okay. Nobody wants to, nobody wants a job. They all want to work for somebody. They want to work for somebody else only so they can steal, take, learn, et cetera, and, and ultimately just do it themselves. So if you have, if you work for Pace and Pace has American cold callers, um, and I'm hiring them and saying, Hey, you're a sub two student, come and cold call for me. I would not go work for that person. I would, however, work for somebody who says, hey, I have cold callers from overseas, like the Philippines, who will actually generate leads and stay consistent. You know what? You know how many times I heard excuses after excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse from my American team? I get zero excuses from my start virtual team. Okay. And it's also incredibly expensive. Okay. So if you hire Americans, you're going to, they, they want 20% of the commission. Whereas a virtual assistant is going to be like 1100 bucks a month. And they're the richest person in their town. Okay. So I would, if you're, if you're going to go work for a sub two student, make sure that they have cold callers from a different country rather than America, because you're going to have a hard, you don't want a cold call for people. Don't go, don't cold call for people. Go work for people who already have cold callers and you should be doing follow-up. You should be doing acquisition. Okay. You should be doing follow-up and closing. Okay. There's a, a three-step process. It is cold callers generate the lead. Okay. This should not be an American it should be a, a Filipino or somebody else consistent. Okay. Two, somebody, this is now, it could be you. You should only be working for somebody if you're doing the follow-up and closing the deal. Don't go work for somebody if they're going to have you cold call. Okay? Just don't. It's not going to go anywhere. And you're going to hate it. And I don't know a single American cold caller that is like, yeah, I've been doing this for five months and they're still consistent. I just don't know any. Okay? 
Uh, Maj says he has cold texters. Perfect. Whoever it is, um, Americans are inconsistent. Let me ask you a question. Would you rather have an American doing your cold calling with a really great accent? Obviously, they live in America. Or a Filipino with a, a medium or a decent accent. Well, here's the thing. For every $10,000 deal that you go do and you wholesale, hypothetically, your American acquisition person is going to want uh, $2,000 out of that, okay? For a Filipino, they should bring you probably uh, two to three contracts a month. And if your each contract is $10,000, you're paying them a flat fee of 1100 bucks a month to do all of that. And they actually call eight hours a day. Like they're consistent. They will actually generate two to four leads every day that are warm leads. Okay. In America, and they will never complain. You'll never get a Filipino to complain. That does not, that is not in their vocabulary. It's not their culture. Americans will create complaints. My dog's sick. I'm sick. My mom's this, my this, that. Hey, my car has a flat tire. Dude, Filipinos could have a flood in their town and they will go down to the coffee shop and work and cold call on their freaking self on their like laptop. Okay. So if you're going to go work for an American and they don't have, a, they have American, and they're asking you to cold call, my advice is don't. Unless you're like, I just want to start. Okay. I just want to start. JR Cal, what's up, Pace? I'm talking my wife into doing some TC work. Can you provide Aunt Allison's email? Sure. Allison at PaceMorby blah, 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 dot com. You get it. You know my name. Okay. Got you live for the first time. No problem. I do I do a live every Sunday night. All right. I also tomorrow, just FYI for those of you, I am going live tomorrow for the sub two community. I'm going to end up just trying to do a bunch of one-on-ones with sub two uh, students and I'll be streaming it live simultaneously on YouTube. Uh, tomorrow's the first day my book launches. And so I'm going to do a celebration live. I try and go about 10 hours tomorrow. So if you're a sub two student, look out for the link tomorrow morning in the announcements, but I will be watching tomorrow. Uh, I'll be live all day on YouTube tomorrow. Wesley Grant, don't believe everything you see on my Instagram stories. Okay. Um, my, we're not taking the, we're not taking the uh, airstream until June on the road. You seem tired tonight. Yes. I've been working the whole weekend. I spoke at multiple events. Um, I worked out in the sun today. I'm zapped. I haven't eaten. So yes. And by the way, I also, um, this is a shorter podcast because working for someone is a shorter podcast. I don't need to go into this too much. Um, so that wraps our conversation on going and working for somebody. I would go work for somebody. Here's a couple of things I would do. I would make sure that you have upfront agreements. If you're a sub two student working for another sub, sub two student, make sure that you walk into the relationship saying, what happens? What happens when one or, or both of us fail? Can we walk away peacefully and keep this relationship? Two, let's document it. Let's make sure we have an agreement in place. Three, 
plan on it failing. And then when it doesn't, you're pleasantly surprised. And when it does, you go, man, we both learned a lot. This is amazing. Okay. Walk into that it with that expectation. Now, if you are a sub two student, go into the, the files in the vault and you will see a JV agreement, employee employment agreement, operating agreements. You'll see a whole bunch of really great things that will help you along your, your journey. Okay. Um, thank you guys, by the way, tomorrow I will be live from 6 a.m. Arizona time to 5 p.m. Arizona time. So it looks like I'll probably go about 11 hours tomorrow. If you're a sub two student, I will be doing it on zoom and then simultaneously streaming it on YouTube. So people on YouTube can watch it. But if you are a sub two student, I'd love to have you come in and do a one-on-one -on -one with me. If you can, um, I will put the link in our private Facebook group tomorrow morning. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Have an awesome night. I will see you guys on the road this week. I will be on whereispace.com. We will be all over the country. Seattle, Los Angeles, Vegas, Phoenix, Salt Lake, Denver, Dallas, Houston, Atlanta, Charlotte, Miami, Des Moines. No, not Des Moines. Is it Des Moines? I don't even know. Kansas City, Missouri, Omaha, Nebraska. Those are the last two. Okay. Um, I will never go to Albuquerque unless uh, Dan Quijano asked me to do so. All right. Love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Have a great night. Thank you so much.